Welcome to The Art of Dive. I'm Marco. This week on The Art of Dive, we're covering 10 tips for FTL success. Uh, I've got Jake here with me. Unfortunately, couldn't find another new co-host. So, back-to-back weeks of being stuck with him. Jake, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How's that job search coming? Are you getting any leads or no, not really? Well, actually, we've had a lot of uh, new Twitter followers in the last, like, 20 days we've had 120 new followers and i think a lot of people would be happy to take your job so so there's some interest okay i'd say so i'd say so uh this week jake we're gonna be covering 10 tips for fpl success uh you and i decided we talked a little bit about you know how we maybe wanted to do these preseason pods we decided that it's still a little bit early to be talking about players just because there's a lot of movement going on yeah, and I think the other thing is starting FPL seriously last year for me, It's there's a lot to be said about what to do and when to do it, and uh, there's not really that much of solid advice just all in one place, so we figured why not make a pod that does that for people who are you know, either looking to have a better overall season um, or are, are new to the game. Yeah, for sure. So the pod today is going to be a little bit more strategy-based, kind of meta, like big picture, about kind of ways that we think are helpful to uh, approach the season to ensure that you're successful as the year goes on. Uh, like I said, we, we will be doing a couple podcasts coming up in the future, premium, mid-price, uh, budget-level players, but there's still just so much movement going on, and I wanted to share a story with you, Jake. Uh, I, you wanted me to tell you before the pod, but I didn't. I thought a genuine reaction would be better. Uh, so I tweeted the other day on our FPL Twitter account, at FPL Dive. I said something along the lines of, uh, basically, stop. Why does everybody keep posting all of their teams on the FPL Twitter accounts? Stop doing that. Uh, you're an idiot if you post your team and don't change anything between now and the end of the year. Like, just calm down, get some information before you start building teams. And we had a ton of interactions with the pod. So one of the metrics Twitter uses is is interactions. And I, I believe that, or excuse, excuse me, impressions. And I believe that means, like, how many people's timelines that tweet showed up on. And it was about, like, 20,000 was the number of impressions, which for us is a lot. Like, for an, a normal Twitter user that's, you know, that, like, is pretty popular, that's pretty normal, but... But for us, that's a ton. Uh, we had tons of like likes on it, some retweets, and a bunch of comments. And a lot of people that were really mad that I had said that, they responded with like, well, then why don't you just get off FPL Twitter? This is what the FPL community is all about. Um, I just thought it was kind of funny. What do you think when I explained that to you? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. Um, I'm one of those people that like to change my team kind of a little bit daily, but I know that it's, it's not going to matter. Like you said, till the start of the season, I'm going to be making a lot of changes. Um, and really I shouldn't even worry about it, but, uh, it's more like fitting in my prices and things and seeing like where, like if I have a more expensive forward, how's it going to work, uh, with the rest of my team and like what player groups am I going to have? But to like, I agree. When I see people 
post things about like you know oh i have this lineup right now like how's it look it's like well what am i supposed to say like most of those players who knows if they're even going to start and like a lot of the times they have players that are like world cup bound in that and i don't know like sometimes you'll see like people like tread lightly and be like yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily do that and it's like why don't you just be honest and be like that's a stupid lineup like why would you why would you even have like Trippier in your team? He's not going to play right off the bat and stuff like that. Right. I don't know. But so that was kind of my entire point of the tweet. Like anybody that's giving you advice right now, and I know that we're like a podcast that's supposed to be giving advice about player selection and stuff, but like the reality of it is it's very unknown for a lot of players right now. And that's what it was. There's just, like, a lot of people treading lightly, basically. Like, oh, your team looks just fine. And it's a bunch of bullshit advice. It's not even going to be helpful for your season. So that was kind of my argument. All these people were saying things like, maybe you should just get off FPL Twitter. And I was like, that's that's also really stupid advice. Because FPL Twitter is, like, one of the best ways to find quick, easy, fast information about the preseason. Uh, so to suggest that I should just like get off of it, that doesn't even make sense. I'm just going to have a terrible season then. Yeah, just yeah, post useful information. I mean, sometimes I even think to myself, I look at these people's teams and I'm like, are they posting this team so that other people think it's a good team to like ruin their team? <laughs> That's how bad I think their teams are when they post. And I, I'm like, I don't even know. Like, is that it's their a ninja goal? post? Yeah. They're just I trying see. to like, they're trying to like stealth other people, right? <laughs> trying to swerve them. Yeah. Like you see like three players like in the defense of five Miller under and like two of them are Southampton defenders. You're like, okay, I'm definitely not going to start with that. So I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, I decided to share that with you. Um, Let's get started with our tips. So like I said before, these tips are kind of, kind of big picture tips uh, that Jake and I talked about a little bit ahead of time. We will list our different rules. We've kind of got them into like tips or rules to follow. And then we're just going to chat about them for a little bit. Deal, Jaco? Yep, sounds good. Sure. All right, let's start with uh, let's start with number one. So the first rule or tip uh, to be successful this re- uh, this season is to be balanced. Uh, by that we mean that you know there's rotation and injuries that are going to occur throughout the season. Um, it's really important that you have a pretty deep bench, uh, players coming off your bench that are at least going to play, even if that just means that they're going to get you uh, two points. Don't overspend in one area of the pitch. We kind of have this like uh, formula, at least the formula I think is like three, you know, premium or higher defenders, uh, maybe three higher midfielders and one more expensive forward. And then the rest of your money should be pretty evenly distributed across your team. Yeah. And to add to this, I don't have the exact stats in front of me. I should have prepped them for this but it it doesn't matter but looking back at the last three seasons through the FPL archives um, I came over this again and again it's like defense is where you get your most value your points per million Um, that doesn't mean you need to go all heavy like 6.5 guys in the back but I see a lot of people like oh I'm going heavy offense with Aguero you know Obama man and um, I, you know, Firmino up top, and it's like that's that's not gonna work. That's not balanced. Um, just to like some rough numbers, doing it points per million, like your your guys like Aspil, Otamendi, 
your top 10 defenders from the past previous years are averaging about 24 points per million throughout the season where like your forwards even the really good ones are only getting you about 17 so if you're spending all your money on your forwards you know that's even Kane like even Kane you're you're not going to have a good team and you also are going to be in trouble if one of those guys gets injured because you're going to have to take hits to to transfer them out and spread it throughout the rest of your team after that yeah I uh, 100% agree I there's just not enough value in the forward positions to be spending a ton of money up there. Uh, so, yeah, distribute some of that money, be balanced, and have uh, a bench that can cope with some problems. Jake, you want to take us into the next rule? Yeah, let me go over number two. Um, I named this the battered rule. This is from uh, UK Football Scouts by a player of Mike uh, Harbrew, uh, H-A-R-B-R-W. Um, it's a good rule. We kind of mix this from one of your rules and one of my rules, but uh, in his little quick article or summary, he talked about the top six sides and giving them um, a, a plus one, basically, for when they scored three goals or more in a game because that's how you're going to generate most of your points Um throughout the season, whether it be through goals and assists and BPS or for, um, you know, like, I guess clean sheets would be your your way that you're not going to get it with that. But Man City obviously was best last year with 21. Um, and then Liverpool 17, uh, Arsenal 13, Man United Spurs and Chelsea all ranged from 9 to 11. But that that said, all those sides are are teams where you want those players. Yeah, basically what the battered rule covers, Jake, is that you should have top six sides make up the majority of your team. It's kind of a a play-it-safe rule, if you will. Uh, Listen, there's so many managers out there that are listening to this right now that think that they have a sneaky player in their squad. Um, Yes, you're going to need to hit on a number of differential players this year if you really want to set yourself apart in overall rank. But the reality of it is, everybody thinks that they're sneaky and has a couple sneaky players. You need to play safe, pick proven players. My rule of thumb is to have two high ceiling players. So these are kind of like differential players that are potential really high ceiling. There's a really cool Twitter account. Um, F, I think it's, I don't know it off the top of my head. Uh, this just popped into my head. F-P-L-K-E-R-N-O-W. Kernow, I think is how it is. Uh, at F-P-L Kernow. Uh, this Twitter handle produces a bunch of stats and graphics every week that show the top scoring teams and the top scoring players. Uh, and every single week, it's top six sides that fill out those, those top scoring F-P-L points. So fill your teams with those sides. Yeah, I think that's a good. And then the other thing that we said about this is, you know, you can take a punt. You know, you can take one of those guys that you think is going to be a really sneaky option, but limit it to one or two. Like, don't have four or five yeah, because um, they're not all going to work no matter how brilliant you are or you think you are. So, yeah, mostly think you are. Yes. Kind of like you. Uh, you know what? I think I maybe made that error last year, but that's why we're doing this pod so it doesn't happen again. Right. Yeah. Idiot. Okay. Uh, rule number three, 
and this is a pretty obvious rule, but we just want to talk a little bit about it this year, uh, is playing your chips tactically. So we have a number of chips that we can use, the wild card, the free hit, the bench boost, and the triple captain. And I thought that we would just really quickly hit on when are some good times to play those. I'm going to start with the wild card, Jake, uh, and then do you want to take the free hit? Sure, I'll take the free hit. Okay, so wild card. Uh, There's a couple different rules of thumb for the wild card. read a very interesting article the other day that talked about the Elite 64 League. I can't remember who hosts it, but essentially it's this league of FPL managers who are veterans, have been playing for years and years, uh, and there's 64 players, obviously, in the league. Uh, it's very exclusive and very hard to get in. I believe the article did an evaluation of when those players played their wild cards, and they found that something like uh, in the mid-50s out of the 64 players played their wild cards within the first six to eight weeks. Uh, the reason for that being they didn't want to fall behind too early. This year in particular, between weeks four and five, there's going to be an international break. And so what we have is a lot of players coming off of World Cup that are going to need some some time off to get their fitness right, to get their heads right. That window between weeks four and five, there'll be a break that weekend. So you have two weeks basically to evaluate where teams and players are at. Maybe a really good time to play your first wild card. Jake, free hit. Yeah, so free hit. Um, I mean, I made this mistake last year, but um, it really should be used one when you're in like dire straits, like whether you have a lot of injuries, um, a lot of guys that are going to be rested, um, or like your team's just in shambles. But either way, it's to me it it, it fits best um, toward the end of the season when you're having maybe those double game weeks and you want to bring in a few of those guys that are going to be playing for sure twice um, or who you think will be for sure playing twice. But I think the other three chips in general, you're going to be better playing later in the season when things are established. Don't waste them early and don't waste them on like single week game weeks. Completely agree. Uh, I'll take the bench boost. I'm of the opinion, and there's some mixed feelings about this, but I'm of the opinion that the bench boost is best used during a double game week. I think that there's some potential there to uh, wrap up some some big points from players just playing extra minutes simply in, in that category. I know last year I listened to a few podcasts where some hosts had talked about it doesn't really matter. You should you should just play when you think the matchups are good. Um you know, I, I'm just kind of in a different boat there. I kind of think that, you know, the potential just to even get those minutes points for players uh, on a bench boost are worth playing that bench boost during a double game week. Yeah, I agree. Jake? I think I'll take the triple captain, but just something on the bench boost. I think if everything falls in line, it's hard to have a, a week where everybody's healthy and everyone has a good matchup. So I will say if that does work, bench boost may be the one chip where you can argue playing it sooner is better. But I do agree on the double game weeks, you're just, it's safer. You're kind of hedging your bets. So yeah. How about triple captain? Uh, Triple captain. I think you need to save for when one of your big boys, your 11 mil plus, whether it be Sala, Kane, maybe Aguero um, has two, two games against really, you know, weak 
teams. Um, so this is one where you're you're waiting to see which teams are the ones that aren't doing very well. Maybe they even have a few injuries in their back line. Um, you, you have to be very careful about playing your triple captain and uh, making sure you get the most value for that chip. Yeah, I think it's a double game week trip as well. All right. Should I lead us into number four? Or do you have anything else to say on, on these? No, I just think with triple captain, a lot of players get big boners like early in the season. They see like, oh, Salo's playing, I don't know, like his first game week, like he's playing West Ham. They're not settled. They have a bunch of new players. I'm triple captaining them. Like, just relax. There are going to be multiple opportunities in the season to have a big name player who's nailed on that is going to play uh, two games against average competition. Everybody gets all excited because then they'll get in your face like, oh, see, you shouldn't have held that triple captain. Your player didn't maximize points. For example, the I think it was double game week 22 last year when Kane played Swansea and somebody else. Is that right? Yeah, when I triple captained him. Yeah, I, it was just statistically the best move. You should have triple captain there. Did it work out? No. But that's like... That's a huge thing that we didn't even put in our rules. It's like, this is this game is so lucky, right? Um, and it's just like you need to, to pick the best statistical opportunities for your team to be successful. Yeah, definitely. And like Salah against Watford when he had that amazing game, like maybe there are a couple people here or there that triple captained him, but those aren't going to be people that are in the top, um, you know, 100K anyways. So right. It's if that's what your goal is, which everyone's goal should be to do that well, you you are gonna want to save it for those double game weeks because again you're hedging your bets. So, yeah. All right, take us into number four. All right, so this one is value is key. Um, it talks about points per mill and then points per 90, 90 minutes played. Um, we're gonna be coming out with an article on some players to keep an eye out early in this season. Um, that have higher points per mil, but it's it's definitely something that you need to keep an eye on. Um, and especially in the beginning of the year when people are making very um, big price changes compared to last year, yeah, sure, they may be on the top of your list because of their points, total points last year, but if they jump two mil in price, that's not necessarily a player that you may want this year. And if you start out with him, you can put yourself behind the eight ball. You're not going to win FPL week one, but you can definitely really hurt yourself or, or lose. So. I think that's actually an awesome piece of advice that we didn't even think of. You don't win the FPL season in the first game week, but you can really get yourself super far behind the eight ball if you don't start those first few game weeks well. And so looking at value like points per million or points per 90 – uh, those are really good statistics. Uh, there's a number of uh, sites that look at those types of stats online, do a little research. Um, but specifically what they're looking at, for people that don't know as much about the game, points per million is how many points a player scored last year versus what they actually cost. Um, Sala was one of the top players last year. Um, David De Gea also was very high. Um, there were a couple other players as well, like... Um, I think Aspilicueta was up there. Gross um, for Brighton. Gross, Sterling. Uh, so there were a lot of players that were basically giving you a lot for the money that you're investing. And I've heard a few other people say this. 
it's kind of interesting to look at your players like you do stocks, right? There's there's stocks on the market that you put a lot of money into and you expect big returns from. There's also stocks on the market that you put less money into, but that you can get big returns from as well. And so you want to basically find players where you can you can put smaller amounts of money into and get bigger returns. Yeah, I completely agree. And it goes back, these rules are interconnected, but if you have a balanced team and say you have like a 7.5 midfielder and then all of a sudden, you know, a player in that price range is is having a good season, that's when you make your wild card switch and bring that other player in because he's probably after five game weeks, you know, likely set and likely going to have a good season and before you you can't bring him into your team or have to make take hits to do so you know that's that's the time to do it so yeah all right rule number five formation is fluid uh i don't know jake you and i are both kind of in the same opinion that formation in fpl matters less uh, than the actual players that you have in your side. I did read a couple articles recently that the highest potential for points it can be a 3-4-3 or a 4-4-2 formation. Um, but I don't know that I necessarily agree with all those things. I think that, as we said before, maximizing value is the way to go. Sometimes at certain points in the season, that may mean having better defensive players. Remember, this isn't real football. It's fantasy, so don't try to feel like, oh, I can't play with five defenders or I can't play with two midfielders. If you found a way to maximize points, then roll with that. Yeah, I agree. I think overall toward the end of the year, clean sheets are harder to come by, so you're less likely to have five defenders. But hey, who the stats to, to back this up are pretty hard and pretty advanced, and if anyone is smart enough to make a good article on it, I'd be more than happy to read it. But I agree. I think you just need to be fluid. So yeah. All right, let's take a quick break from some rules. I've got a couple, couple questions for you, Jake. Okay, okay. Uh, so we had a few people write in um, to ask a couple questions about uh, the upcoming season uh, at squid fpl fpl squid is the name but at squid fpl uh, serious question first i'd like some thoughts on taking guys who will be rested for the world cup do i take it in the arse the first few weeks so as not to wild card after week three so basically i think squid is asking um like do i do i Take some some tough blows early in the season, in the arse, as he said, uh, so as to uh, not have to wildcard early, or do I basically plan my team out for an early wildcard? What are your initial thoughts on that? I think my initial thoughts are I would never want to take anything in the arse, so I'm I'm a strong no. I wouldn't even make the argument that you should have one player like that because it's it could just cause more problems than good for you. And like we said, you have that wild card. I guess, you know, it always feels nice to have it later in the game, but it seems to get you more points if you use it in that game week four or five anyways. And a lot of these players, you know, there's a good article on it. Um, I forget where it's from, but it talks about how this World Cup compared to the one four years ago, was later in the year. And, like, 
you know, the FPL season's starting sooner to the end of this World Cup. So some of these players might not be back till game week three or four. You know, that's a long time to have one or two players just sitting on your bench that you're not even using. So so what are you saying then? Are you saying that you should no. uh, plan your team around it or you shouldn't? I would completely avoid those players to start. Even like yeah. even like De Bruyne, I'd love to have him on my team, but he's not going to be on my team I think it's important to not use hits in the beginning of the year so that you can bring them in, but why not go with a guy like, you know, Mahrez that's close to that point range and then just transfer, just make, take, take your transfer, your weekly transfer and move up to him. So, yeah. So, so do you think that the wild card, like early wild card this year is more viable than in years past? Yes. I mean, I, yeah. it's hard for me to say not playing in years past and one of my two big game years being a World Cup, but I do think a lot more managers are going to be using their wild cards very soon this year for good reason, yeah. though. Yeah, as someone who's played a little bit more than you, I completely agree. I think that this year, more than any year, we're probably going to see a lot more early wild cards, and it's actually going to make sense to play those wild cards earlier. Uh, okay. What do you, uh, another question from Squid FPL. Uh, what does Jake think the best team on paper is this year? Best I guess it's an, it's an EPL question, not like a FPL question. Who's the best team in the league? Uh, Arsenal. No, definitely not. Uh, <laughs> although I am very excited about Arsenal. Yeah, it's every Arsenal fan super excited at the beginning of the year. Then as the season goes on, like, nothing is their fault. It's always somebody else's fault. It's not the players. It's like, we can't win for anything. And then by the end of the year, they want to put a gun to their head. No, I'm really excited about Arsenal this year. But overall, I, I'm I'm going to say, oh, I am very interested as to see what seeing what Liverpool do in uh, EPL throughout the whole year. I think Man City on paper is still the best team, but Liverpool has really fixed the needs that I thought they had. They have done a really great job. I think they're weak in the midfield, which they've shored up. And I think their goalkeeping, you know, Karius did a really good job. I kind of feel bad for the guy, um, but he's not the keeper to have for a full year. And they fixed that as well. So, right. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that they're the top two teams. Um, be interested to see how with Liverpool actually having some rotation and having some fresh legs, uh, what they actually look like. I think Man City edges them truly on the basis of the ridiculous amount of spectacular midfielders and forwards that they have. Yeah, I think that's I think that's probably a fair assessment. Okay, uh, should we get back into rules? Yeah, sure. Okay, so we're on rule number six. I'll kick us off here. Uh, and I know that this is a super obvious one, but we're just pointing it out there so that everybody knows. Fixtures matter. Um, there's a number of teams that have some really nice early runs for fixtures this year. Uh, Liverpool actually is one of those who we were just talking about. Their first four or five games are really positive. Everton has a great run. Um, Crystal Palace, I believe, has a, a decent run to start the season. Um, fixtures really do matter. Uh, a buddy of ours, a correspondent, uh, I believe his Twitter handle is at MapZupi, M-A-P-Z-U-P-I. Hope I'm saying that right. Um, 
He wrote an article about different positions and fixtures last year. He did a bunch of research, um, and that's like actually his job in real life. He does a lot of data analysis. So he uh, found that fixtures are are very clearly and obviously important in player selection. Um, check those articles out on our website, uh, theartofthedive.wordpress.com. Um, and so we just wanted to say, plan out your moves uh, for fixtures. Personally, I like to do like kind of like little flow charts like um to look at potential players and see uh what their upcoming fixtures look like um, and line them up against other players on my team to kind of see like which players i can do for lineups week after week uh, to make sure i ensure the best potential fixtures for my team yeah i, I mean i completely agree um i have already printed out the FPL difficulty ranking chart and like highlighted who has runs and where because that can really help um, kind of plan out your selections. Um, so yeah, I don't really have much more to add to that except again, temper your punts, right? Like don't just be like, let me start with three Crystal Palace players or yeah. three Everton players and then two... Bournemouth players and say this is where it's gonna go you know you want those Liverpool players you want those Man City players and then hey you know let's stay away from Man United in the beginning of the season one uh their offense never seems to work first of all and then two they also kind of have difficult fixtures or Spurs as well I feel like Spurs is in this boat so yeah uh, no, I completely agree. I actually would just add, though, that maybe for the punts, those players that, like, have potential high ceilings, the best player on a bad team, for example, uh, maybe it matters even more for them, right? Because having a nice run of fixtures where they're playing teams that aren't so challenging um, week after week, there's a potential for them to build some momentum and score a number of points in a quick run. Yeah, I, I agree. We were talking about this before. Like a guy like Kennedy is interesting to me at five mil for Newcastle, and you're not going to start with him though. There's no reason you you should start with him. Um, yeah. Kind of like uh, Gross again. He's a really good example. But last year he was doing really well, but they had e easier fixtures, and then he kind of fell off for a while because his fixtures were tougher. Like what what is really Brighton going to do against the top six sides? You know, he might bang a goal rarely against them but he's not going to do a ton right all right take us to uh takes number seven all right uh <laughs> ooh, this is a good story uh make transfers late don't worry about price changes especially after they changed the price rise system this last season i think you should go over the example of this one because i i still remember this you were so furious yeah, I don't remember exactly what game week. I just know it was the winter. Uh, my life was terrible. I was sad. And I was stressing over a potential move for Courtois uh, to bring him in. They had a nice run of fixtures. Uh, I think they had like five or six game weeks in a row that looked like there were potential clean sheets. And I didn't have any investment in Chelsea defense and need, really needed like a player from there. So I was all stressed about it. I was looking at him. I was looking at a number of other players. And I did that thing that a lot of people do where you're like, I have a re you say this to yourself. You're like, I have a real life. I need to end the stress of this game by just making my freaking transfer now. So 
I made it like Friday morning, 8 a.m. I think. Uh, within about two hours of me making my transfer, reports came out that Courtois had uh, rolled his ankle really, really badly at practice and would no longer play that weekend. Turned out then he was also out the weekend after. So what I really should have done is just taken a deep breath, said, listen, I'll get this done like Friday evening or even Saturday early a.m. Just relax, figure it out, make the transfer later. Yeah, this isn't really on the point, but the reason I remember this so clearly is we were talking while playing video games on Friday and I was laugh kind of like laughing at you because I had Courtois to begin with and it's like now I can just pick whatever player I want drank too much went to bed <laughs> and then woke up at like 30 minutes after you could set your team and was like fuck I forgot to change out my goalkeeper and then I started him anyways and got zero points so yeah impressive yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was really poor by both of us. Yeah, that really was the bad. low of my season right there. Yeah. So. I, I actually have cited that point in the season as the move that I think basically fucked me. Yeah. Yeah, and I stand by that. I, I, I know that it doesn't come down to one move, but like that was the moment in my season that I began to just crumple. So you're not you're not blaming the pod anymore? Because remember how you kept having negative game weeks every time we potted? Yeah, and that has stood. There's only been one. So we've we've one, recorded yeah. 11 pods or 12 pods last season, and only one of those pods did I have a green arrow. Yeah. Uh, up to before we were doing that, I was ranked 124th or something, or 144th in the world. Well, good thing we're potting to begin with. I feel like it's you'll probably green arrow the first week, but we'll see. Yeah, hope so. Okay, next rule, rule number eight, is be patient. Do your research. So I mentioned this a little bit earlier. The game is just really lucky. We've talked about this in pod uh, pods in the past. Um, you can do all the research you want. Uh, you can have a, a perfect bookies odds on a player that you pick to score a goal or to get a clean sheet, and it doesn't play out for you. But the reality of it is you create your own luck by selecting a team that is statistically more likely to produce FPL points. Um, there's just no point in bringing guys in just to throw them out the next week. I really am a strong believer that one week or even two week punts are not a great move uh, long term to be successful. I know that sometimes it's tantalizing. You see a player that's cheap, that has good matches, that's been in maybe a decent run of form. But if you're planning to bring someone in just to kick them out, not a great move. So be patient with your picks. Let them do the work that you expect them to do. I think a great example would be Christian Erickson. Last year, he had some really highs great highs and really low lows where he was very poor uh, but I think he still finished like third overall in midfielders just like he does every single year so be patient with your picks do your research create your own luck what are your thoughts Jake yeah not much more to add I know this one was one I kind of uh fell prey to a, a lot last year I would bring in guys who were good picks like you know, like you said, do your research. Um, it makes more sense to have players who, if they're the same price, like, you know, as Pill versus Alonzo, maybe this year don't start with Alonzo because, and we'll talk more about this later, but because of where he's going to start concerns. And then also, 
you're going to get more bonus points. And, like, bonus points are a big thing in the FPL. Um, so, you you know, if you're comparing between the two, do your research, pick the guy that you want. But then also, for me, it was, like, Otamendi last year. I brought him in because he was really being successful and the research pointed to him to have a good rest of his season and I got fed up even three game weeks maybe where he didn't do anything and then I just got rid of him and you know sure enough the next like three game weeks he had two goals so you know especially for defenders odds are they're not going to score every week they may lose a clean here or there because of someone else's mistake or maybe even their own but if you did the research to bring the player in don't just get rid of him just because you're frustrated. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Uh, right. You want to do number nine? Yeah, let me do number nine. So this, this one, oh, this is a tricky one, but uh, sometimes herd theory is the best theory. Uh, you know, it's a tricky one because I also was thinking about putting this in one of my rules and then I, I couldn't do it because... There's something tempting about not going with herd theory all the time, but herd theory is basically going with the the majority of the FPL world, and some may say like playing it safe, but you know overall the reason why it's the majority is it's because it's probably the right choice. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Sala is a really good example of following herd theory. Uh, so I think Sal is up to like 48 or 49% ownership right now. Um, so there's this idea in the FPL community, people fall into two camps. On one side, people say, uh, if Salah doesn't do well and I don't have him on my team and I can distribute my funds well elsewhere, then I'm going to be flying to start the season. Big if there. If I can distribute my funds elsewhere to capitalize on points. Big if. On the other side, and it's the boat that I'm in, uh, Salah, although being incredibly expensive, uh, has the potential to have a great season again and is owned by 48% of the, the masses and will be captained by almost every single, probably will be captained by 47 out of the 48% of the people, with the exception of maybe a few dead teams that don't play. If you don't have Salah and he even just has one goal, you are going to have a very hard time playing catch-up. Uh, and so sometimes it's okay to go with the masses and be a little bit more tactical about where you pick differentials. Yeah, I agree. And I, you might know this term. I read it and have forgotten it, but it's like effective ownership. I think that's yep. the correct term. Yeah. Um, so when you captain a player like Salah, it's like twice the effective ownership. Um, and like you said, if you if you go the other route. So if you go the route like, hey, I think I can distribute my funds correctly elsewhere, that's a big if. But not only that is you're saying that Salah, with his great run of fixtures to start the season, is not go going to do well. That's your other if. So you're already putting yeah. yourself two against one, in my opinion, right? Like not only are you saying Salah's not going to start well, but you're also saying I'm going to make sure to put my money into other players that are going to do well. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way to say it. Uh, let's do number 10, last rule. Uh, last rule is be part of a community. Whether that's a mini league, whether that's Slack, uh, Twitter FPL, um, following YouTube channels, uh, finding a podcast that you like, finding a message board or blog that you like to follow. 
Um, be part of a community for the FPL season. The season is super, super long. Uh, if you're serious about it, it can be stressful and strenuous at times. It can be even fatiguing because, as my wife explains it, she says it's the soccer cycle. Uh, I get very excited throughout the whole week, and then my weekend gets ruined every week because my team's never as good as I had hoped it was going to be. And then I feel shitty and sad, and then Monday I start over again like excited about my picks. Um, being part of a community can really help that. It can make it worth your time. Um, for myself and Jake, we have our little podcast, the two of us that do this. Uh, and then we have our own little um, mini league that we uh, that we play with our friends. Uh, there's just like five or six of us. That's obviously really important to us. Um, and it keeps us in touch with those friends as well. Yeah, I don't have much to add. Um, being in a group too, it's, it makes it more fun, which I know you're like at ah, fun. Who cares about fun? Um, but that's part of it. And then also too, you can bounce ideas off of people. You can have your pod mate tell you that Leighton Baines is a stupid fucking decision and you can disagree. Or maybe, you know, midway through the week, you're like, yeah, probably stupid to have like a 34 year old wing back on your team that costs five and a half mil and probably won't be keeping many clean sheets. So, yeah. Yeah. On that note, we do have a, uh, a league that we're doing this year uh, with our podcast. I think we have like 20 people in it right now. It's not that many, but anyone that wants to join, just join it. It's really fun. We'll probably be doing shout outs about like league updates as the season goes on. Um, our league code, I'll shout it out right now. Get something to write with. Are you ready? Okay, here it comes. One, two, seven, four, eight, seven, one, eight, eight, six, two, nine. So one, two, seven, four, eight, seven, one eight eight six two nine is our league code. Anyone can join. Uh, we'll probably be doing some shout outs. We might be doing like some little mini prizes if we get enough people to join it this year. Um, maybe like, you know, quarter out the season or something like that. Uh, but it's just a cool way to, to uh, keep in touch with people, chat about how your season's going, um, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, should be fun. 20's, yeah. 20's not bad already. I mean, there's not that many people joined in the, the year I... Like, we're close to a million, I think, in, F- yeah, yeah. in FPL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, last year it was, right. like, five and a half million, so. Right. Yeah, we're getting, I mean, I know that, no offense, you don't do, like, as, as much of, like, the social media stuff as I do. Uh, but we're getting, like, a lot more follows um, on Twitter. We're getting a, a lot more plays, like, on our podcast. Um, uh, follows on Instagram, even from, like, some pretty good, like, other podcasters and things like that. So, we're, I think we're finally like establishing ourselves a little bit in the community. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, um, I've also always wondered since you send out tweets, like, won't people get confused if I send out tweets like disagreeing with your tweets? I don't know. I've just always wondered that. So. Uh, yeah, it's fair. I don't know. Like, what some podcasters do is they just like label who the one that's doing it is. You know, like this is Jake or this is Marco. Yeah, that's what uh, we'll have to start doing. So yeah, we can do something like that. Okay. Um, so we're getting towards kind of like the end of the pod here. We've got a couple more little things. Uh, I want to play a little game, Jake. Are you ready? Yep. I love games. Let's do it. Yeah. You know me. I love to throw a good game at you. Okay. We're going to play, do you know the, like a word association game? Yes. You know what that is? So like the way that works, um, is I'll give you the name of something. Okay. Like, um, just an example. I might say Chelsea. And then you have to come up with one word uh, 
that pops into your head about Chelsea. You can't hesitate though. Okay. You've got like, you've got like roughly two or three seconds to answer. Just the first thing that pops in your head. Don't overthink it. Okay. 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 I have one, two, three. I've got like about 12, about 12. Okay. Of them. We're going to do them fast. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Three, two, one. Arsenal. Uh, greatness. David Silva. <laughs> Big cock. Obama man. Goal scorer. Aguero. Uh, Guaucho barbecue. <laughs> Ch- Chaz Austin. <laughs> Useless. Oh, hurtful man, you. Uh, Jose Mourinho. Mourinho. Oh my gosh, complains. FPL. Uh, awesome. Jake. Spectacular. Okay. Marco. Uh, wise. Alonzo. Great hair. Klopp. Glasses. Sala. Fro. Jim. Uh, <laughs> statistical misinterpretation. <laughs> Perfect. This is the best pod of all time. Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough game. I think, honestly, of all the games we've played, that's one of the harder ones. So Yeah, that, it was really short, but that was super hard because you have to, like, bam, 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 fire them yeah. off. Uh, okay, we're going to finish the pod. Uh, our, our thing, at least for the preseason, is uh, to do what we're calling FPL tidbits. So these are just, like, some updates, some things that are going on um, in the FPL world. I talked at the beginning about my tweet about how the, the season uh, is pretty far away still. I think there's 18 or 19 days, and a lot of things are going to change between now and then. So we just want to give people some quick news updates if you're not able to follow them on your own. Jake, I'm going to start kind of firing them off, and uh, if you have something to add or like a comment, just interrupt me, okay? Yeah. All right. Uh, first thing, last week we had talked about Lamella being a potential really good pick. Still think that he is. That said, um, Sun apparently is going to be there for game week one. He signed a new contract. They made an announcement that he will be going to the Asia Games, but not before game week one uh, takes place. Second thing. Oh, do you have something, Jake? I have one thing. I'm still just so afraid of Spurs just in general, which may be compute completely wrong. I just don't want anything to do with that team right now. Yeah, I basically am staying away from them. Although, I I don't know. Lamelo's like in my, my preseason draft, but who knows. Yeah. Uh, second thing, Aguero apparently is not reporting to Manchester until July 30th, which is seven days from now. A lot of people have him in their side. Um, that was the initial report, so I don't know if that has changed. I could not find anything else about it, but I think that's kind of a deal. It's only about a, two weeks until the start of the season. Yeah, like 10 games or 10 days before the first game. That is something that definitely caught my eye. Yeah. Uh, Shaw, uh, starting the first few games at left back for Man U. Uh, Mu has come out and said that that Shaw is probably going to be the starter, but he also has contradicted himself and said that Young is good enough and fit enough this year to be the first choice left back throughout the season. Uh, also on that note, Valencia hurt in the preseason game, I believe yesterday, basically went straight down the tunnel. Darmian came on. Yeah. Man, is going to be tricky in the back. I mean, I think everyone 
defensively um, for that team, if they're consistent starters, is is worth it. But I don't know. I as a coach, I would not want to bring in a player like that who played so much in the World Cup and then just bring him right into game week one. I think you're just asking for injuries later in the year or or in the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, Chelsea has two big question marks right now, at least for me. Well, three big question marks. First question mark, where is Alonso going to play and what's that back line going to look like? Uh, Alonso yesterday lined up as left back. Personal opinion, he is not worth 6.5 if he's playing left back. If he's playing moved up the pitch, uh, either in a wing back or wing position, awesome. Don't know if I can pay 6.5 for him as a left back. Second question, is Willian going to be around? We don't really know. Barcelona have apparently made a huge bid for him, something like 50 or 60 or 70 mil. I don't know, something outrageous. We don't really know. Uh, That might influence the likes of Pedro playing on the wing, who started yesterday. Uh, And then Schmeichel, still the rumors are in the background that he might be going to Chelsea. Huge FPL implications at 5.0. Could be a great way into the Chelsea defense. Yeah, I'm amazed you only have three questions regarding Chelsea. I feel like I could just ramble off like 15. But um, a lot of prices that are interesting there where like I feel like you can get good value. It's just going to be like, what are they going to do? And are they going to be switching a lot? But I still think they're going to play a 4-3-3. I do think it's going to be Alonso at, at the back left. Um, one of my big questions is where Aspil's going to play. Is he going to play center back or right back? No. Uh, still, budget striker that will will play at least backup minutes is yet to really emerge in the FPL community. There's a couple guys that are on the list, uh, one of which we shouted last week. Bonatini just signed a new contract with Wolves. He's a potential. Sorloth has... Uh, had a really nice start to the season, two preseason matches, two goals, two assists. Uh, not that that really matters, but uh, he has been playing while Benteke is out and about. Uh, so still looking for that budget striker. If anybody has any other good leads, uh, contact us on Twitter. We would really love to hear about that. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold uh, reporting that he could cut his break short from the World Cup so that he can be ready for game week one. Big FPL implications. He's only, I believe, 5.0 in the game. A player that I definitely have on my radar if he comes back early and is fit for game week one. What do you think about Klein, though, in that position? Don't you think they're going to rotate a lot, kind of like a Spurs? I think that Trent is definitely the first choice back there. I agree with you that there's high potential for rotation. Um, If Trent is rotated there, though... At 5.0, I can get over it if it's once every maybe four or five games. Uh, High potential for clean sheets, very high potential for assists, and also maybe on some free kicks. Yeah, no, I agree with those comments too. Uh, Obi-Wan Bisaka, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're our only hope. The Crystal Palace uh, left back has emerged as a potential 4.0 starter. He has started in three preseason games and played at least 60 minutes. I believe he's competing with Ward on the left side, who many Crystal Palace fans say is basically worthless. Uh, Bisaka, one to keep your eye on. Yeah, I think actually, to be fair, Jim shouted him, and I've had him in my team ever since I did my research on him. Um, And yeah, he's definitely your best four mil option at this point in time, in my opinion. 
Next little piece of news, Wilshire played as a cam in a 4-2-3-1. Uh, I just wanted to add that one in because last week Jake said that Wilshire would be one of the holding mids in that 4-2-3-1, and he played as the cam. So Jake's an idiot after I had already said that. That said, in Jake's defense, West Ham is still missing a few players. That will be probably back soon. Yeah, don't you think Felipe Anderson's going to play in that role? Yeah, there's potential. He also could play, though, on the right or left. Yeah, that's true. There's talk about that as well. Yeah. That's all I have. you have anything else, Jake? Um... I think the only couple things that were interesting to me is Arnie's brace. I mean, I guess it was against Preston North End, but I do think he's playing up top now, and they have tough fixtures, but he's he's interesting at a seven. He just always seems to perform. Um, there was a couple other players that I, I was interested in, um, and now I can't remember them so i guess we'll talk about them next time when we go over our top price players yeah uh, i think that's a great little uh, segue for us that's our fpl tidbits uh quick recap of our 10 tips for fpl success uh be balanced remember the battered rule uh play your chips tactically value is key remember that formation is fluid the fixtures definitely matter make your transfers late be patient Sometimes herd theory is the best theory and find a way to be part of the community. Uh, That's it. Remember to follow us on Twitter at FPL dive. We've had a ton of new followers on there. Um, My life has allowed me to be a little bit more active on there lately because I'm sad all the time. Uh, So Twitter is a great place to get in touch with us Um, on Instagram. The art of the dive. We've been posting uh, kind of the more, the more lifelike things about the dive, the dive life. Uh, online, theartofthedive.wordpress.com. And remember, our podcast can be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Jake, anything else to add? No, I think that sums it up. All right, thanks for listening to The Art of the Dive. I'm Marco. This is Jake. And remember, you should dive. Welcome to the Art of the Dive. I'm Marco. And this I'm week Jake. on the Art of the Dive. No, Jake. God damn it. My bad. Don't you jump in like that. Sorry, my bad. Stop it. No, just keep it playing. We'll I'll delete it. Okay. All right, we're gonna try again.